Welcome to the Crane Reframe, a Fraser fan podcast. I'm Ash. And I'm Sarah. And we are on the air. Welcome. This is episode one of the Crane Reframe. It's been in the works for a while, and I'm here with my sister. Hey, her name's Sarah. <laughs> she is the light of my little life. You're the light of my little life. Oh, well, it's really cute because we're 12 years apart, and. Now we're best friends. As it took a while to get there. It did take a while. It did take a while to get there. Um, but one thing that we've always had in common, Frazier. Oh, yeah. When I was like 12, Ashley came to visit me. Um, again, 12-year age gap. So I was I was getting a visit from my big sister. I was 24, if you're good at math. Yeah. A plus already. <laughs> Um, and I remember she came home and she was like, oh, I just love putting on this show when I'm going to to sleep. And like, we watched a couple episodes and then I was like, ooh, like putting on a show to go to sleep. What is this? What a fresh idea. Because that's all we do now is we just put on (laughs) Frasier to go to sleep, but also at every other time of the day. Yes. Um, and now we're doing it for fun work. Yeah. It's a fun hobby, I guess. It's not work. We're not getting paid. No, but we talk about Frasier so much anyways, and we are really analytical. Like, we love to just dive dive, dive in. in. Dive deep. Dive deep and just um, really break it down. We have watched it so much that we started having such in-depth conversations about, you know, plot points that don't make sense Mm -hmm. or things we love, like different little inside jokes, things that... Happen in the first season that come back in another season. Mm-hmm. Um, and we got to the point where we're like, hey, we should start a podcast about this. And then I thought it was something that would never, like, you know, we wouldn't actually be like, all right, let's do this. But Ashley was like, she was like, it's time. It's we're time to, to do go. it. We're doing it. We've been talking about it for months. And um, what's silly is I am blessed to be marrying a sound engineer and who runs his own studio um shout out chris shout out chris at voyager studios and so we get access to an amazing little uh mini studio in the mm-hmm. front of the main studio great gear and there's no reason not to do it you know it's yeah. just like it's something we love mm-hmm. we've loved it because our mom watched it growing up I think when I was younger, it was like a, I was put off a little by it because it seemed so grown up. Mm-hmm. And then in high school, I, I watched it and I really liked some of the episodes. Like I wasn't fully in it. And then as I got into like my 20s, it was just a show I would always come back to. And it's like one of those things like if you have like anxiety or like mm-hmm. you're stressed about something, you always go to shows that you are comforted by because you know what to expect. Like it's familiar. Mm-hmm. And this has just been consistently that show for me. And since you moved in with me a few months ago, like 
it's on in her room all the time. I swear the electricity bill must be running up like purely <laughs> from me having the TV on all the time with Fraser on. Like and then I've gotten like into such a bad habit. Like I love having it on while I'm asleep. So when I wake up at like three in the morning, I like put it back on. <laughs> Because it's just such a comfort. Yeah, you're and like, I need it. It's your lullaby. I definitely think, like, as someone with anxiety, exactly what you said. Like, when it's a comfort show, like, you know what to expect. But also, like, Frasier's not a stressful show. It's I mean, not. There are stressful episodes. Yeah, there's definitely episodes where you're like, oh. But it's not like The Office where it's, like, cringy. It's not like, you know, yeah. Walking Dead where there's, like, tense moments and I'm talking about seasons one through three of Walking mm-hmm. Dead I didn't go past that but it's not like a stressful show in that sense yeah I feel like they do a good job of making all the like crazy things that happen like very laughable mm-hmm. and like it's kind of like everyday stress like you can relate to being that awkward person like things going wrong you don't know how to handle a situation but it makes it very funny which yeah. I think again helps with anxiety like you know, you kind of learn to like find the humor in those situations. But I just, I like that I know what to expect with it. I've definitely, I used to put it on while I was doing homework. So I could literally like imagine the scenes in my head if I just heard it. Wow. It's pretty bad. I couldn't, I can't do stuff while watching like a show. Like if I was doing homework, I need like non instrumental or non lyrical music. I need instrumental music. Well, I never said so, it like worked really well. <laughs> it was nice. Let's not check your GPA for that time of your life. I wouldn't do it again. <laughs> I don't recommend it, but it happened. But you know, like cleaning, I love putting it on while I'm cleaning. Yeah. Just sometimes it helps. Like if you're someone that like it's easier to do tasks when you have someone else around or like kind of to motivate, which I already feel like that's our relationship with each other too. Yeah, that's but true. But putting on the show works like that for me too. I love. End of the day, nighttime. Putting on Fraser. Put Fraser on, play my Sudoku. Light a candle. Light a candle. Crawl into bed. Blow the candle out, fall asleep. Definitely yeah. don't leave the candle going. Definitely get back up for that candle. Get back up, out of bed, blow the candle out. Get back, back in. Then get back in, open your Sudoku app. Back back up again. And then press play on your episode. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've re Like, I've literally reached... Season 11, 11, episode 24, and (laughs) back to season one, episode one, play. Like, that Mm -hmm. has happened. And I just, it's a continuous loop. And I've tried other shows, but there's like four seasons of shows now. You can't find 11. You can't find an 11 season. No. And then like, I've, and then it's done in like four days. And it's like, well. Guess I gotta go back to Frasier. No, Frasier has some content there. So much content. And it depends, like, it's also your mood. Like, what era of Frasier do you want to watch? Oh, yeah, because there's different energies and different hair hair I would say I watched, like, three through seven the most. Okay. Because when I end season 11, I usually go back to season three. Like, there was a period when I started rewatching it a lot more. It was, like, in 2020. Um, and I would go, I just started on season three. So I was like, I remember really liking these episodes. Like it gets into the groove of things. 
Um, but then nowadays too, like sometimes I get to season seven, I'm like, all right, let's go back to season three. So <laughs> you don't even go that far. But it also saves like, you know, if you haven't seen season one then as much, you can go back and it feels like watching it all over again. Yes. Uh, I, it's interesting because season three used to not be my favorite. So I recently did a rewatch and like actually paid attention to season three. And it is like you're saying where it's like, yeah. okay, it's new. It's fresh. It's like a new season. Definitely. Yeah. So that's our obsession. And that's the end of the podcast. Thank you so much for being <laughs> here with us. That was it. We just need to get that off our chest. Yeah. Um, no, actually, this podcast is going to be a deep dive in an interesting way. We are going to approach it by themes. So if you are here looking for a companion podcast to watch the show, season one, episode one and on, unfortunately, this is not going to be your podcast. Um, that just seems like a lot to do. Um, not that we're not going to cover almost every episode or every episode maybe, mm -hmm. but we are going to approach it by themes. Um, and as we release more episodes, you will be aware of those themes and we'll give a heads up to the theme, you know, a week prior. So, you know, like what we're going to cover. Mm -hmm. Um, and this episode for number one, we're just going to do kind of an overview um, we're anticipating that anyone who happens to listen to this podcast, um, you know, all five of you, maybe a thousand, who knows, more. High hopes. High hopes. We want to find you guys, other you're fans. You're out there. I know you are. Um, we're hoping that you are aware of the show already. So we're not going to go hyper-specific. There are going to be spoilers in every episode we talk about because... We are just we're going to kind of bounce around different seasons based on the mm -hmm. theme. Like, for example, there's going to be like a dinner party theme. And we all know how the Crane boys are with their dinner parties. So there's a lot of dinner party episodes and talking about each of those and how they play out. Yes. So it's going to be like that. So for this one, it's just going to be an overview. Give us a little foundation. Um, kind of talk about the birth of the show, I guess you could say. And yeah, we'll go from there. So. I'll start off with the fun little Rotten Tomatoes summary of what Frasier even is about. Um, so credit to Rotten Tomatoes. Frasier Crane, a successful Boston therapist, moves to Seattle to get a new start on life. He has a radio talk show, which he uses to relay his wit and wisdom to others. But at times he struggles with his own problems with his salt-of-the-earth father, his pretentious brother, and his friends and co-workers. So, so many shenanigans and escapades to be had based on that. Um, so let's talk about how Frasier even started. Frasier, the character, it's played by Kelsey Grammer. He was actually introduced in season three of Cheers as Diane's love interest, played by Shelley Long. Um, we're not going to do a deep dive on the show Cheers. If you know, I've never even, I've never even watched Cheers. This woman has never even watched Cheers. Have you watched an episode of it? I tried. I think it's like a completely different vibe. Like it's not my vibe. I actually skip every episode that has old Cheers characters. Ooh, how do we feel about that listeners? I feel pretty good about it. <laughs> You're not a listener, so I don't I'm care. I'm listening. <laughs> we're listening. <laughs> 
Um, yeah, you've never seen it, so we're not going to no. waste time talking about it. Everybody knows mm-hmm. your name, bar in Boston, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. But basically, he was introduced in the third season as, like, the opposite of Sam, who is Diane's love interest. Um, Sam is obviously played by the lovely Ted Danson, and he represented, like, Diane's ideal mate. She's very, like, proper and smart and educated. Sam was very, like... Blue collar, he's, you know, ex-baseball player, runs a bar. So he was, fun fact, he was originally supposed to be played by the actor John Lithgow. But he (laughs) let down, he turned down the role, which I think is perfect because John Lithgow went on to do amazing and awesome things. And I feel like Frasier wouldn't be successful without, I can't even imagine him being played by anyone else than Kelsey Grammer. Wait, I'm sorry this comment is late in this description, but I didn't realize that's Ted Danson. Ted Danson is the lead of Cheers. This is how much he has not seen. Yeah, because what do you watch? Well, because I remember I've seen him in like some of the Frasier episode that he comes by, right? Yeah. Yeah. That's Ted Danson. And now that makes sense. Like thinking about what he looks like and then thinking about Ted Danson now. Yeah. But I never pieced that that one together. That he was the lead of Cheers? No, I didn't know that. That's what it's like when Ted, when Sam comes, like. Yeah. Okay. Well, but I didn't know that that was Ted Danson. You didn't know the actor was Ted Danson? Yes. Even though it is Ted Danson that you're looking at in the show. Although if yes, you skip even it. even though I was looking at Ted Danson, I didn't realize well, it was he's Ted a Danson. Well, gr- he's a gray haired now. Yeah, exactly. I feel like he's very, to me, he's very visually like well known by like the gray hair look. Because what's the show with Kristen Bell? Um, the Good Place. Yeah, that's, See, that's probably that's, what you know him from. Yeah. And then obviously, you know, Silver Fox, to. Ted Danson. I know a completely different Ted Danson. Yeah, this is 80s Ted Danson. This is mom's <laughs> Ted Danson. Oh, yeah. mom's Ted Danson. <laughs> yeah, oh, yeah. Um, so obviously, he's an intellectual, he's a psychiatrist with degrees from Harvard and Oxford, which is brought up a ton, I'm sure, in Cheers. And of course, we know in Frasier. Um, he's used as kind of like a third player in this love triangle between Sam and Diane, um, throughout the third season. Um, eventually him and Diane are engaged. They're set to get married in Europe. Season four runs, comes around and Frasier returns a jilted lover because Diane left him at the altar, essentially. So he was only supposed to be in a few episodes of Cheers, but the producers loved Kelsey Grammer's acting and like his portrayal of this character so much that they wrote him in to be like a long-standing character. So it that's wasn't crazy. even supposed to happen. Um, so that's just you know you never know. I feel like Kelsey Grammer like makes his way into things because even the ending theme of Frasier, like he wasn't going to originally sing it, but they just like tried it out and they liked it so much. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I have some facts too. I can't even imagine anyone other than him singing. That yeah, song. he just. I mean, I don't remember. Speci- <laughs> you don't remember specifics? No, but I just know like he tried it out. They're like, oh, well, like let's just try it. Or it was like a placeholder or something. Because isn't he trained like musically and stuff? I feel like is it? I don't know. I know Niles or David Hyde Pierce is a trained. Oh pianist. yeah. Ugh. I love David Hyde Pierce. We'll get there. We'll get we'll, there. We'll get there. I'll hold my horses. Yeah, hold, but I feel like Kelsey Grammer, like, he makes his way into things. Yeah, he creates his own success. For sure. Yeah. Um, so he eventually becomes a series regular. He meets Lilith. He marries her. They have Frederick. Lilith has an affair. He divorces Lilith. 
And he decides to move back to Seattle to begin his career as a psychiatrist, radio host. And that's where we see him reunite with his family, who he hasn't seen for a long time. And if I'm not mistaken, in Cheers, they also, like, don't mention that he has a brother. Because it wasn't even until Frasier that Niles was created. Yes. So, fun fact, they do address this in the episode you skip in Frasier where Sam returns. Oh. Um, Because... (laughs) I've seen it, like, twice. In Cheers... (laughs) Out of my thousand like, times how watching many it. times have you seen every episode, It's not a though. good percentage. Yeah, that's that's like you might as well have not seen it. Pretty much. Um, so, fun fact, he in Cheers says that, like, his parents are dead mm-hmm. and he's an only child. And that his dad is a scientist. <laughs> Could you? I wouldn't be surprised. And that might be the original plan for the character, but yeah. to create this show, obviously, they needed family members and stuff. So it's addressed when Sam comes and visits because he's like, I didn't know you even had a family. And he even tells Mm -hmm. Martin and Niles, like, yeah, he told me you were dead and you didn't even exist or whatever. Oh, okay. So they kind of like address the continuity error. Exactly. Exactly. And Frazier is like, oh, yeah, I just wanted some distance from my family at that time. Like I wasn't close with them and I didn't want to like. It makes sense. So it's like a good cover up. It works for the character that he yeah. starts in Fraser as. Exactly. And like how they portray the relationship Especially, at the beginning. Because he wasn't close with either of them really. No. I like, could a hundred and he was very much more pretentious where I could a hundred percent see him being like, Yep, they're dead. And I don't claim super that. Super competitive with Niles to where yeah. it was like bad. And if you've started a whole new life, like and you've really left your family behind and not in contact, I mean, why would you tell anybody? Yeah, you don't want to get into that. Yeah. So it works. They fixed it. Fun. So, yeah, he left Boston because his life and career had grown stagnant. And he had actually had a whole thing where he threatened to commit suicide by, like, standing on a ledge and threatening to jump, which just makes me think of BB. (laughs) In one of the first episodes. Yeah. Um, So it was humiliating because, you know, how do you come back from that around a bunch of people that know you? So he just was like, I'm going to start anew, go back to Seattle, let's figure out this life. Is that ever, I don't know how far Cheers goes. Is that in Cheers? Yeah. Oh, it is. Yeah, it's a whole thing. Okay, because I know that they reference it in Frasier, but I wasn't sure Wait, if it was just like. maybe I'm remembering it as a reference in Frasier. The suicide attempt? Um, yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. I don't, I don't, look, yeah, c- don't put me on the record about Cheers. Okay. But Very I for basic. sure. This isn't a Cheers podcast. Yeah, this is not a Cheers podcast. Go get your jeers from Cheers on a different podcast. So, anyways, <laughs> already pushing them away. <laughs> Let me put my walls down. <laughs> um, he begins work at KCL KACL Radio Seattle. Um, he's the host of the Doctor Fraser Crane Show, <laughs> and that is how he talks. Um, that's where we meet Roz. Oh, I love Roz. Roz Icon. Doyle. She's got the voice for radio. She's got the sexy deep voice. <laughs> yeah, she has lots of lots of people know her just from that. Just from just from call her, screening and Yeah, call screening. Um, he's kind of pissed when he sees that Roz is his producer, because they talk about how his test episodes that he ran when he applied for mm-hmm. the show was a different producer that he got along with. Yeah. So, like, right off the bat, 
That just throws him off. Throws him off. She's like offended that he's offended that it's her. And she doesn't even, well, she doesn't even care too. She's like, she's like literally calling, trying to get off the show. Like she doesn't want to be yeah. part of it at all. She's like, I don't want this freaking either. Mm-hmm. And we're so glad she stayed. Um, So basically they get, they get off on the wrong foot because mm-hmm. she's like a very, I wouldn't say abrasive because I hate describing women like that. But let's just say in the like 90s. Blunt. In the 90s, she would be described as, like, an abrasive, mm-hmm. blunt woman, like, owns she speaks her, her mind, owns her sexuality, mm-hmm. doesn't take shit from a nobody, and, like, humbles Fraser. Oh, 100%. Like, even episode one, like, when they meet, it's mm-hmm. just like, no, you're not better than me, and I'm gonna fucking roast you for that. She's strong. She's a strong female character, for sure. She is. There should be a whole show about her, because I love her. Um... So we then see like him finding out that his dad needs to live with him, live with him. He needs to be taken care of. Niles Mm -hmm. can't or won't. Niles won't. Yeah. He acts like he can't. Yeah. But he could. But he doesn't want to. No. Um, And his dad is like retired police officer, blue collar, down to earth, kind of mm-hmm. man's man, gruff. He's very gruff in those first oh episodes. Oh my god. Even his voice, <laughs> Martin's voice is like Yeah, well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, go that's what I mean by like you go back to season 1, like I was starting at season 3 all the time. You go back to season 1, you're like, "Holy shit, like Martin is really like He's dark a little in the first... He's, like, your typical, like... like, mean. If you imagine, like, having a bad relationship with your parent and just, like, every little thing bothering you, I feel like he plays that so well in the beginning. It's, like, everything is negative. It's all, like, Like, you're doing something wrong. Martin, episode one, to Martin writing the Frank Sinatra song. Oh, my God. (laughs) He's so... He softens up so much. Yeah, and he gets, like, silly. Like, obviously, there's still his personality in there, but he's so serious. He becomes more funny later on. And to be fair, I mean, he had lost his wife, which... Were they divorced? It was, like... No, no, no. They were still together. Okay. They split up from the affair. Oh, and they got back together? Yeah. See, these are what we're talking about. Spoilers. So, like, don't listen to us if you've never seen it. But, um, yeah, he was still with her. She had passed away in months. Like, at the time, yeah, I think they bring that up, like, like it had been months before. Didn't Frazier, like, not come back either? Yeah, it's a whole... That's crazy. Could you imagine? Your dad gets shot, your mom mom dies, dies, and you don't even come back for any of that. I think she had cancer, too, Yeah, she had cancer. So So it was, like, a slow death. That's, like, I completely get, like, why he would have been in Cheers... Potentially, obviously, it wasn't planned for at the time, but it does make sense if he was just saying, like, they're dead to me. Yeah, and it also makes sense why, like, Martin is so aggro towards him in those first few episodes. Because it's like, where the hell were you? Yeah, like, and, I mean, they talk about how they never really got along growing up. Like, Martin is more of a sports fan, and, like, he always wanted that in his kids and, like, wanted them to be kind of more manly men. Um and so obviously already they're starting in different personalities, but especially then all that happens and your son doesn't even come back. Like I definitely get him being like, 
whatever. Yeah, like there shouldn't even be a show based on a character who doesn't come back for his parents' like traumas. Like yeah, it's crazy. Like that we we even care, but that's how lovable and complex Fraser is. But it's like and relationships are complex. They are, but it starts off on a, at a very bad place in the relationship. Yes, yes, and we see that as he moves in because. He is basically like doesn't want to live with Frasier. Frasier doesn't want to live with him. Frasier mm-hmm. is so offended by the fact that he has his little dog Eddie with him. <laughs> he doesn't like dogs and specifically Eddie because he gets weird looks from Eddie all the time. <laughs> and then to boot, he brings in that green recliner. Oh, God. The infamous, iconic green chair, which I have a sticker of on my laptop. Because it's the best. Um, I mean, to be fair, like, both of them are at a time in lives where they want their independence or their... They do. They're starting anew. So it's like, Martin's starting on this, like, I'm Mm -hmm. retired now, and I'm now I'm also facing, like, I'm not this, like, independent man that I used to be. Like I'm not invincible. I'm not invincible. I have to be taken care of. And I have to be taken care of by my sons who... I don't have anything in common with. Yeah. Like, like, you don't get to live the way... I mean, when he sees his dad in, I think, episode one, mm-hmm. like, the apartment that his dad is living in is so different than the apartment that Fraser has. Yeah, Fraser's like, luxury skyscraper. And Martin's house. just a, like... I feel like necessities, comfort... Yeah, easy. Done. Yeah, done. And I think, like, obviously that's a very big polar difference in them is, like, what makes them happy, what they like. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, you know, that's why the relationships that we're going to talk about in a second, like Roz and Daphne, are so important because mm-hmm. they fold in and allow, like, a bridge between, like, Frasier and Niles and Martin because... Roz is very down to earth Mm -hmm. and like Martin and her get along right away. Daphne is like quirky and weird, has Mm -hmm. a funny sense of humor and they connect right away. Like because Martin appreciates like no pomp and circumstance, you know, and like Frazier's all about how he, you know, is perceived Mm -hmm. and he needs to be perceived in such a way and status status Mm -hmm. and like martin's just like be a man fix your own (laughs) toilet like those you know those classic societal standards of Mm -hmm. gender roles and like the fact that you know martin liked a baseball game and a valentine (laughs) fraser's like sherry sherry niles (laughs) an opera an opera, exactly. Yeah, the juxtaposition <clears throat> between all those like personalities definitely makes the show, but I also feel like you can laugh at it as a viewer, like whether you're more on the side of being a little uptight or a little like high strung, you like status more, you're into the things that Frazier's into, or if you're more like down to the earth, straightforward, like simple life, I feel like, or even somewhere in the middle, like you can laugh at yourself, you can laugh at the characters, and they laugh can, at like, each other. Obviously, this is a sitcom. It's not like some things are a little crazy and wild for like real life, mm-hmm. but there are like themes that are relatable. Like, mm-hmm. you know, just because we are sisters doesn't mean we're the same, that we have the same interests. We have a lot of interests that are the yeah. same, which is great, but it just shows you like you could love your mom or love your dad but like not have anything in common with them you know 
Yeah, and it's, it's showing cool. you like over time that you can have mutual respect for each other. You guys can enjoy some things together. You could support each other. Mm-hmm. So that part, I do like seeing that develop over time with a lot of the characters. And it is literally like blue collar versus like high society. Like, yeah, that's I a just theme. love that. Like, even though there's so I mean, most of the jokes are going to be at Fraser and Niles expense, but they still like love their lifestyle. Mm-hmm. Like, I just love that it's not like dogging on any kind of lifestyle, any kind of personality, any kind of interest. It's like. They're laughing at all of of everything and like how those interact with each other. And I think honestly, you can learn a lot about your own relationships and even just like the ways they go about handling things and apologizing to each other. Like Mm -hmm. there's a lot of growth and a lot of effort that goes into their relationships. Which you would hope so because it's about two psychiatrists. So like, yeah, you would hope, (laughs) but you know, (laughs) but they're not even perfect. They're not. They're definitely not. So let's go to Niles, Um, a society man. I love Niles. David Hyde Pierce, who plays Niles, is just my favorite purely because of Niles. But I have like started to try and get into some more of his other work because I just think he's so amazing as an actor. Um, but he's so good at the physical comedy. Oh my god, my favorite—I think one of my favorite kinds of comedy is the physical comedy. Like I love how much you can convey intelligent physical comedy. Yeah, you know? like it's not like jackass. It's like we all know the episode I'm going to bring up. The Valentine's episode, and we'll go into a deep dive on that one day. But like, it's just amazing! It's a amazing. Like, what is it? You know, seven how, minutes of just no talking. But you know exactly how the situation feels. Like he's going through all these things, and it's one thing to the next. It's if you give a mouse a cookie, wrong. that exactly. whole thing. It just and piles it's like, on. Just the way he's acting, you can imagine being that in that situation, and like how funny it is, but how like stressful it would like, actually be. If I was in that live studio audience when that was happening i would like be a crying laughing <laughs> b when they were like and cut or scene i would be standing, a standing oh like for five minutes because that is just like it just shows you and he's a theater actor he mm-hmm. was trained theatrically so like you can tell you have to demand take demand of the stage mm-hmm. take, take demand of the scene and he freaking does and he does it all the time like even not in like scenes where it's like specific like that, where he's going to do a physical comedic act, his facial expressions, his yes. subtle like movements, his mm-hmm. nods, him adjusting things on his shirt, wiping his hands. He's very like detailed. That. Yes. Immaculate. So basically he's also a psychiatrist, which um, that comes into play. Uh, with the show because it sets up a competition essentially between him and Frazier. Um, and as a team, him and Frazier in those early episodes decide to hire a live-in healthcare worker for their father because they can't be home all the time to take care of him. Mm-hmm. Um, they do a ton of interviews. Martin doesn't like any of them because he doesn't like the idea of having to even be oh, taken care so, of. so, like, difficult. So stubborn, stubborn in that episode. And obviously, like, as the, the kid, chi- like, adult child, you're, like, I'm, I'm trying, trying to help, help you. you. Yeah. Um, but obviously, like, again, it's the lack of independence. You can't rely on yourself anymore, being in denial about it. So, it's, and he's a tough cookie to crack. It's going to take someone special to, like, really yeah. get through to him. And that's where we meet Daphne. Daphne. Our special person. Um, and, you know, we see that she's eccentric and quirky and... 
a bit psychic, which <laughs> a is bit like psychic. my favorite thing to say. She's from Manchester, England. She claims that being psychic runs through her family and she gets visions, so she knows what's going to happen. A in vision. The her visions are real intense in the first few episodes. Yeah, the, it tapers down, unfortunately, but I wish there was more psychic things happening because as a fellow empath, <laughs> I, I definitely feel akin to Daphne Moon. Mm-hmm. Um, so should we do, so that's like an overview of the show. That's yeah. like a setup. Um, and that kind of is a little bit of a dive into Frasier as a character and a person. Um, should we do like a deep dive into the other characters? Yeah, let's go. Okay. So do you want to do Niles? Yes. I, I would love if you did Niles because you're like Niles Stan. Niles, I have to say is my favorite character. Yes. I would watch a spinoff on Niles. Um, every episode with Niles, heavy Niles, Storylines, perfect. My is that, jam is that your go-to. That's like my if go-to. Just, if you like need to find when an I episode, skip to season three. I think of Niles. That's interesting because I think of the terrible boss, that like dirty boy and nasty girl or whatever. See, that's fair because like I think of Niles and then I play it. And I'm like, who the fuck? Like, yeah, <laughs> it starts on her. Yeah, <laughs> I'm like, well, I I like that storyline too, but I'm like, oh. I've learned to like it. I used to not, but now I like it again. It's an acquired taste. Yeah, it's just like, I don't know if that's the right actress, maybe. I like her as an actress, but like the role. She's interesting to me. Cause she's like pretty, but like she has like a very masculine energy about her. So to me, it's kind of it, cool though. No, I personally, I love it. Yeah. It's more like for a Frasier counterpart is interesting because I feel like he. He likes very feminine women. That's true. He hasn't really gone for other women like that. Yeah. So that was just like, it always threw me off, but I like it because it's sense. the season I watched the least. So now it's like, I like that season because it's new, fresh. Fresh. Yeah. Okay. So go into Niles. Go to Niles. <laughs> I'm excited to hear about him. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm excited too. So <laughs> I absolutely love physical comedy. Um, I think that he does such a great job with it. And honestly, I love any like male character that is just so particular logical just extra like i don't know why i just love how dramatic compulsive yes (laughs) i love how dramatic they are i eat it up like i think it's such a good character every time but niles is brilliant he is also a psychiatrist but unlike fraser he actually works like in the field like he sees patients he has groups he writes research papers so he looks down on fraser a lot because he thinks that fraser sold out and is now this like Radio psychiatrist, yeah, pop the fast culture, fast food, fast food of psychiatry. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So, but in the reality, like I think they are equal. Like they both practice it, but like Niles is out here every day, like helping multiple patients, working with them long term, which is a key difference. Mm-hmm. And again, doing his own research. So he is really smart, but he grew up in his brother's shadow, and all this time he's had a monopoly on Seattle. He's mm-hmm. had his own social life. He has his wife Maris, who we never see. Um, <laughs> the mysterious Maris. We'll get into her at some point. And we yeah. just find out more crazy things about her. Um, his particular wife to go with him, being particular. Oh, they are a special duo. Oh, for sure. Power yeah. couple. <laughs> <laughs> Powerfully annoying. <laughs> she would be powerful if it weren't for all her deformities. <laughs> diagnoses. <laughs> D- diagnoses and disorders. And allergies. She could still be powerful. Look, not to hate, not she'd not to do say. great in quarantine because it's all behind a desk. She would have done she amazing. She wouldn't have to leave the house. She could just like pull strings from far away. Yeah, that's her arena. Well, you know, that's a whole other show we could create and watch, <laughs> and then make a podcast about. Too bad we'd never see her. <laughs> 
just a blank screen the whole time. Um, but yes, he's with Maris. He's been married to her. They don't have any kids. Um, with Maris, they are both like the social elite in Seattle and they have all these fancy friends. Yeah, but, they're very society. Yes. Um, and then Fraser comes into this and all of a sudden there's some competition and there's uh, he has his older brother that's like on the air. Fraser's a lot more like grandiose like very, very like dramatic out theatric out there he's definitely like and we'll get into astrology but he gives me so much leo vibes oh my god for sure but i think i think kelsey Grammer's a leo so i think it bleeds through well there we go that makes sense <laughs> <laughs> you uh, would know that you would I know think that. so because i had i had to know but i'm not sure if that's accurate i got it yeah. i'll take notes when we get to this <laughs> later someone will email us that we're wrong yeah <laughs> I'll email us. <laughs> I will email our own podcast. Um, so Frazier. Frazier. No, Niles. Niles. Yeah. Oh, shit. It's Niles okay. would be upset about that. Um, How dare you? Niles went to Yale and Cambridge. So he, again, he's just as educated. Which is funny because Frazier went to Harvard and Oxford. <laughs> which is like, up. they're just like counterparts they're like yes. yeah i went to this high ivy league school in america and this ivy league school in england and That's he's so like much. and so he had to do that also but different schools yeah literally following in the like you know when he was growing up he just wanted to be his big brother but it comes out in the competition exactly um so he loves the finer things in life he's pretty much obsessive compulsive it's a running joke like he has all these fears and anxieties but he despite being a psychiatrist like he doesn't diagnose himself with that he literally cleans off seats like messes with his like ties and handkerchiefs he wipes his hand when shaking people's hands like it's so extra yes um I think that's mysophobic. Mysophobic is when, like, you're afraid of germs, I think. Wipes hands after human contact. Yes. Wipes down chairs. Yeah. 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 He's that's, very germophobic. But, you know, they don't officially ever diagnose him, but he definitely has some but diagnoses. Yeah, like, the joke <laughs> is that no one's going to actually say, like, he... Act, and Fraser even gets upset at him where he's like, you have a problem. Like, you need to go to therapy. <laughs> Like, this is out of hand, and yeah. he's so in denial. Yeah. Denials. 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 A river in Egypt. <laughs> <laughs> Another fun quirk of Niles is his nose bleeds when he lies, and he faints at the sight of blood, so you can imagine how that goes. But he's... You I know, love he's, that episode, <laughs> the sniffle. Oh, God, so good. We'll get to that at some point. Yep. <laughs> Did you sniffle? Sarah and I sometimes will just like be silent in a room and then one of us will go. And then the other one will go. <laughs> I don't know. Classic. Sister things. <laughs> um, his He's married to Maris, um, honestly, through convenience. I mean, he talks about his relationships that he's never really been out there. Like everyone else has had all these escapades, gone on all these dates. He pretty much courted Maris and just stuck with her and it's convenient because he loves the finer things in life and he also provides them wants to climb the social ladder Mm -hmm. and he loves everything that maris provides him in that sense of like prestige Mm -hmm. a nice house access to these clubs and um you know organizations and charities and all these things and it's not that he doesn't love her because he does actually you know talk about how he loves her and cares about her um, you know, she's his special little lady. But realistically, she personally does not do anything for him. 
No. Her status does. So he probably like stays in the relationship for so long thinking she actually gives him something and benefits him. But, but we learn over time. He doesn't. She uses and abuses and takes advantage. Boo. Boo. Don't do that. Um, so. so obviously, you know, kind of, I mean, he is, in, he loves her, but it's not out of like passion. It's not out of seeing someone and truly loving them for who they are and also having the possibility of them like connecting with you in mm-hmm. return. So he finally meets Daphne. Um, and and the, she has that spark. There's just something about Daphne that this weird little guy <laughs> just Total he is enchanted by her. And honestly, it's enchanted so enchanted is the perfect word. It's yes. so sweet that there's this girl and she's so oblivious. And, you know, we'll get into Daphne, she's but such a space cadet. She doesn't even realize. And he imagine like being Daphne, like this guy sees you and just thinks you're everything. And everything. He, he glorifies her a little. Of course, she he can't see her doing anything wrong, and that's what like I love whenever he comes to her defense of like someone's critiquing her. Like he's be, just so being, innocently How like, dare you talk to her that way? <laughs> She's an angel. <laughs> but honestly, like it just shows the depths of love and like the warmth that Niles does have in him that we get to see through the seasons. Like, which makes him my favorite character. Like, I love someone he does who's like love deeply weird quirky like serious kind of hard shell on the outside like he's very sarcastic really critical of other people but on the inside like super gooey and like he's a mush ball mush ball well because at the end of the day no matter how you present yourself mm-hmm. we're all looking for the same freaking thing yeah we want to be understood accepted loved mm-hmm. and like Hugged, you know, like <laughs> I know. just that, like imagine just being hugged by the person you love, you know, like that's what we all want. And that's like what we see with Niles and Daphne over time is mm-hmm. like that begin to blossom like and it just, yeah, it shows you that he does have the capacity to feel feelings. Yeah, Although, when he's with the right person, albeit some of those scenes are a little creepy and weird. <laughs> Real weird when Real you go back. Weird. Does Real it, weird. Would not pass in 2023, but... Did not start out healthy. No. No, no, no. But it was funny for a sitcom, <laughs> so, you know, the joke was worth it. <laughs> what about Martin? Oh, Marty. Marty, Marty, Marty. <laughs> I love my Martin. So, like, I obviously love Niles as well. But I remember when I was like really into the show, like five, six years ago, it was like, what character do you identify with the most? I would say Martin because <laughs> he's like a hard worker. He isn't pretentious. He can enjoy nice things that his sons bring into his life. Mm-hmm. And But he's also like silly. Like, you know, in those scenes where they have to like lie and pretend like when he has pretends he's the <laughs> astronaut. I just freaking love that scene so much. Or like. When he has to pretend he's gay or something like that. He just goes along with the antics. He's so down and I'm down for a bit. Like, so (laughs) I like, I I commit to a bit and like Martin does that. And that's like, he doesn't get enough credit for that as like a character or like just as himself in the show, you know, Mm -hmm. Martin, the character. So Martin, he's played by John Mahoney. Um, the character, he's an army veteran, retired police officer, and he was a detective by the end of his uh, career. Um, he was in the Korean War and returned to his hometown in Seattle. Um, you know, he grew up there, lived there, and, you know, retired there. He joined the police force. He did everything from, like, patrol to vice to 
Homicide Detective, which I personally love the <laughs> Homicide Detective, like when it comes into play in the mm-hmm. episodes when they're trying to solve the the murder. Yeah, what is the murder called? The Lotus, the the Weeping Lotus yeah. murder. Yes, it's like a tie. I think it's like a callback to like the Block Dahlia murder. But as a true crime fan. I love those episodes Mm -hmm. Um, and the fact that he's like, it's kind of a joke. And especially in the nineties before like true crime was like popular to be into, like how everyone was turned off that he was like into murder. Like, so like how he met like Hester was like, she was a psychologist standing over a dead body, standing over a dead body. (laughs) Like true love, true love. I was like, yes, I am into that. Um, So, Basically, he was shot on duty in his mm-hmm. hip, um, walks with a cane now, had to retire. Um, little, very little in common with his sons, which we've already kind of talked about. You know, he's blue collar, they're high society. Um, so what I love, though, is that the show, you know, depicts that despite the lack of common commonalities that they have mm-hmm. with each other, that... He loves his sons, and and his sons want him to love them. Like yeah, they the end need of the day, they want his like respect, his respect, his validation. His yeah, love. they have all these little like petty arguments and fights about the chair and like his taste in food and mm-hmm. all this stuff. But at the end of the day, they're men looking for their father's respect, and that's like a whole psychology thing, right? Mm-hmm. And. He also wants his children's respect of him and his children's love. Um, And I love those storylines, those episodes. Um, They're just like hilarious because it brings out the polar opposites of those characters. But it's also like heartwarming because at the end of the episode, it's like there's some commonality or there's some forgiveness, you know, all those things. Um, so, yeah, you know, he loves his dive bars, his Valentine's beer, his baseball. Um, what I also love is that he's like a huge Bulldog Briscoe fan, <laughs> listens to the Gonzo Sports Show, um, which is like basically Frazier's nemesis <laughs> at the complete different personality. To yeah, Frazier. that's a, he's a you know, we all know Bulldog is the sports guy at the radio station. Um, and so I love when like Frazier's pissed off at Bulldog, like Nile or Martin is just like, oh, I love Bulldog. <laughs> you know, he said this on the show. It was hilarious. Um, and so, you know, like we talked about earlier, he strikes up a friendship with Roz, you know, because she's very down to earth. He loves Daphne because she has a sense of humor and he it's kind of like his little crew mm-hmm. to combat the, you know, arrogance and, like, properness of his sons. So, yes. like, he has a team to, like, kind of combat and, like, make fun of um, in that sense. So, that's my take on Martin. I love Martin. Yeah. You know, you did Niles. Let's do his love now. Okay. I want you to do Daphne. Okay. I also love Daphne. I feel like Me for too. people that I like personally relate to, I would say Daphne the most. Oh yeah. She's like Which I think as a woman, like, you know, it's gonna be Daphne or Roz for the most part. Of course. I mean they are the females of the show, but they're just so well written and like 
they're good like female strong characters. female characters like they don't take shit from those men no and it's it's perfect and it's necessary and they need people to bring them back down to yeah. earth so humbled humbled sit down <laughs> be humble <laughs> um daphne is played by the adorable and brilliant jane leaves jane i think it's levy's I've never heard it said out loud, but I want to say Levy's. I swear it says L-E-E-V-E-S. Okay, so Levy's leaves. Go. (laughs) One of them. By Jane. By Jane. (laughs) Lady Jane. Daphne is a home healthcare worker from Manchester, and she's a bit psychic. A bit psychic. (laughs) Um, She grew up with a domineering mother named Gertrude. I hate Gertrude. hate that name, too. Sorry to any Gertrudes out there. If you're a Gertrude, you're probably better. You're probably a good Trude. (laughs) (laughs) Not a bad Trude. We're not talking about you, good Trude. (laughs) Talking about the other. We're not talking about Gertrude. I'm just like, why would you... Anyways, we don't have to go into that. I don't want to personally insult anybody. No. Um, and a blue collar father, Harry. I think he was a fisherman. I think they're all like a bunch of fisher people, fish people. Fish people. <laughs> you know, they go on the boats. That's what everyone is in Manchester. Manchester. <laughs> Manchester, England. Yes. <laughs> Very good, uh, Sarah. <laughs> and she has eight brothers. Eight so she's the only daughter. Brothers. I have five brothers. Oh, you do? Yeah. I I've, forget you have different brothers than me. Yeah, we, we're we're technically half-siblings, Um, so I have, like, halvesies on one side that she doesn't have. Yeah, I was like, I have three. Where do you get five from? There's five of I us. I got two no. extra. You got, got a lot. They're twins, too. They're awesome. But anyways. It's basically one. <laughs> they would hate to hear that. I'm so sorry. That's not true. They're both lovely. They're, they're very they're individual. Dif- and they're also very different. They're not fraternal or identical at all. They're fraternal. Yeah. Okay. So anyways, anyways, um, you can imagine the kind of effect that would have, you know, growing up, your dad's working all the time. Her dad's an alcoholic as well. Her mom's always at the bar wild, always getting into fights with her dad and aggressive her. She has eight brothers and they're all up to crazy shit. And she is looking after them. She's looking after the house. Clearly she's she's an empath. Oh, for sure. And of course she ends up in a caretaker role. That's what she's been doing her whole life. I don't know what that's like at all. Wow, I wonder who else would do that. Who else would be the little mini mommy at the house? Hmm. (laughs) Yeah. 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 My little Yaya. That's Sarah. That's what I call her sometimes, but... She was like my little child, her and her little brother. My little brother, too. You're a mom, basically. I became a mini mom at 12. Actually, when I would take you for walks, I would get dirty looks because, like, people thought I was, like, your mom. That's so mean. Regardless, gross? Like, just assume I'm a babysitter, at least. I've heard that a lot from people that are, like, older sisters with an age gap. Like, people think that they're the the mom. Yeah. Or, like, moms where they think they're the sister. I'm just, like, mind your business. Mind your... Keep it to yourself. The baby's safe. It's out on a little walk. That's good. Yeah, that's true. Yeah. You were safe. I kept you safe. I know. You're alive today, so that just shows They didn't you. even know. Um, <laughs> She is obviously, like, perfect sister right in the middle, taking care of all these people. Chaos. Chaos. And she reveals her trauma with that throughout the seasons, very, for sure. Very funny. When she arrives in Seattle, she's already lived a pretty exciting life. Like, she reveals it randomly through these crazy stories that she just starts telling. And everyone's yeah, like, the what are you talking oh, about? Oh, that reminds me when my uncle Bubba did this, da-da-da. And, like, and it's just a story that leaves you speechless. You're like, 
I love those scenes where they're all just like staring like, is she okay? Yeah. <laughs> like, what life did you live? So she's already like kind of, you know, had her fun. She's been a teenager, even despite being the responsible one. Mm-hmm. Um, despite all that pressure, she was a teen actress in Mind Your Knickers. Mind Your Knickers. That was about a bunch of uh, like boarding school girls. Yes. And remember, she had got kicked off the show because she grew too tall and grew <laughs> boobs. And they were like, you don't look 12 anymore. So bye. Tragic. She raised show rats. What a weird quirk. <laughs> I freaking love that. It's literally like a minute in an episode that she admits that. What writer is like show rats? (laughs) That makes sense for this. But it has to be so random. Like she found time to do this stuff still. And she became an expert at darts and billiards. Oh, yeah. She sharked all those people. That was so good. Yeah. She's really good at pretending that she doesn't know things just to get you. Yeah. She really uses her feminine wiles in like the most expert way. She can teach us hilarious. She can teach us a lot about being a smart lady. Yes. And she has a great sense of humor, which is perfect for Martin because it kind of like softens him up and brings out his sense of humor. And she holds Martin accountable too. like, yeah, she like razzes on the crane boys a bunch Mm -hmm. for their like snobbery. She humbles them. But she'll call out everyone. But she'll call out Martin too. And they have a really interesting friendship relationship where Mm -hmm. it's like they love you. Like they definitely get along the most in the house. Mm -hmm. But she also like. Holds him to like a standard as well. Yeah, which I definitely admire about her that she'll speak her mind. And every I mean, time she can be passive aggressive at times, she can be a little manipulative, but oh, yeah, her it's eye rolls. Like, yep, yep, yep. When she has to answer the door, I'll, I'll get it. Like, <laughs> answering the door. It's what she does. <laughs> Sorry, that's a whole. It's sort of like you're my pet. <laughs> Sorry, my oh. my British accent is not. No, good. it's actually. You know what very I love good. is the episode when Martin um, makes fun of Daphne's accent. But the thing is that John Mahoney actually is British. Is he? Yes. No way. Yes. No so, way. Yes. So how did I not know this? He when he made he was like I'm so sick of my hair. Like he was, <laughs> was that like his real? It probably is like still exaggerated, but it's so funny because Jane this whole time is putting on this fake accent and he's putting on a fake American accent the whole time. That's really wait. Is Jane not English? No, she's American or Canadian or some shit like that. Probably what? Okay, we're, I don't know what. We're I feel like I watched together. one video that you haven't. <laughs> we're learning together, and okay, you've you've taught me a lot already. Yeah, I have. But well, I should. I'm older than yeah, you. Yeah, I always love the. I'm so sick of me hair. <laughs> that's a good one. Okay, that's hilarious. But to be fair, I think he was from like somewhere in like the UK and then moved. So over time, like his accent did kind of disappear, but like his roots are that. Yeah. Okay. So the gruffness and everything, I don't think that was his voice at all. No, no, no. But I would love to see him like in an interview. We should do that. I guess we're gonna watch some interviews. I need to I need to hear everyone's real voice. Yeah, we're gonna come back with like more data. But if David Hyde Pierce is not at all like Niles, it will break my heart. I need him to be like a slightly He like softer and more chill, I think, but like I feel like the eccentricity comes from somewhere. It has to. Because even, like, there's a short video. No, every other thing I've seen from him, it's, like, a very similar character. Okay. Like, not that makes me the happy. same. Like, I'm not saying he's not no, very no, no. dimensional. But David Hyde Pierce, like, he knows how to be 
just a dramatic character. I love it. He, I'm just picturing him acting right now on an episode. Beautiful, so, glorious. So I makes, love brings him. me so much joy. He's like a treasure to this earth. He is. He deserves more roles, more fanfare. He was in a movie recently. Really? We should watch it. Yeah, we'll come back with we'll we'll do some more research. Yeah, on we'll where do the characters like, are where at are now. They? Where are they now? They're just like us. <laughs> they go grocery shopping. Do they? I think some of them do. Kelsey Grammer probably doesn't. No. <laughs> Someone Harry gro- Gilpin? She grocery she's shops. She's probably like on the fucking board of ed somewhere. Dude, yeah, like, she's like. She's definitely in her community. And she has the cartwheel app by Target for sure. She's getting discounts. Ugh, she sounds so cool. I already know. Dude, she's a great Instagram follower. Which speaking of Perry Gilpin, let's talk about Roz. Ugh, perfect segue. Thank you. Thank you. So yeah, she's played by Perry Gilpin. Um, I love her. I've been following her on Instagram for so long. Great follow. Um, so what's really funny is I learned that that character was originally supposed to be cast by Lisa Kudrow of Friends fame. That would have been so different. So different. And I love Lisa Kudrow so much. She's such a hilarious performer and actor on her own. Right. But like it would have been a different character. Needed that sultry voice and that dark hair and those like brooding eyes. Like, I'm sorry, but Roz is like 90s icon babe to me. Oh my God. In the first season, especially her outfits, her hair, her makeup. That is like, literally, any woman like wants to be in that level of femininity. And now that we're like reliving the 90s fashion wise, I'm like, can we just have a Roz? Can she do a tutorial? Yes. Like, because I hated that about, like, the series is, like, everyone's hair got, sh- it got flatter and shorter and all this stuff. And I'm, like, the 90s bring style back was that beautiful. 90s big volume, like, mid-90s. And the outfits, because I feel yes. like Roz had more, like, she would wear, like, button-downs with a vest. and like, I love the vest ones. Very, and like, business woman. Yeah, like, she looked good. And yes. then even Daphne had, like, her dresses with tights. Like, I really loved their fashion. Yes, yes, yes. Their fashion was on point. Um... So the character was actually named after a producer on Wings, which shared the same show creators, I believe, Mm -hmm. with uh, Frasier. And I was, unfortunately, this producer that she was named after passed away from breast cancer. So it was like in honor of her, which Mm -hmm. what a great legacy because that character is amazing. Amazing. Like we've talked about the women characters in the show already. Strong as hell. Takes no shit. Especially Roz, like, living her, like, sex-positive life, Mm -hmm. getting shit from men about that, despite them all wanting to do her, basically. Yeah. And then serving it back to them. Like... Oh, yeah. Like, she doesn't stand down at all. She puts them... She cuts them down to size, like, right away. She has... You're coming for her. She's already one step ahead of you. Um, So she hails from a small town in Wisconsin... She's the daughter of a career politician mother. Her mom is the attorney general of Wisconsin, which <laughs> it's I just like think the is the weirdest thing to choose. Most random fact. And I love how like Frazier was like so astounded by that. Like, oh, you're like important. Yeah. <laughs> you know? like, oh, status. Oh, wow. Um, and then her whole thing is she's dating. She's trying to find love. She's trying to find happiness, a partner for life. Um, she has a sister back in Wisconsin who's like has the most perfect life ever. And I hate I, her sister. Yeah. When she comes 
in that one episode where she comes to visit. It's so great. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, but she's always comparing herself to her because she thinks her sister has the best perfect life, and she doesn't. No. Um, again, she's very salt of the earth, down to earth, you know, can hang with the guys. She's, you know, plays poker with Martin and his friends. Um, I love that one scene where she comes in and, like, Martin's like, hey, how's my girlfriend? I know. I think that's so cute. It's so wholesome. Like, they have their own relationship, even though she's Frasier's producer and Frasier's friend. Like, he just appreciates her. Yes, I love that. Um, So, yeah. Uh, We'll get into the hypocriticalness, though, of, like, how much she's roasted for having, like, a sex life, an active sex life and dating life. Because, mm-hmm. I'm sorry, the whole show is about Frasier having dates constantly. Yes. And getting sex or not getting sex. And, like, oh, so a woman gets it and is successful at it and she's a whore. Okay, let's talk about that. Yeah. So we'll do a whole thing on the problematicness of that. I don't know if that's a word, but... But I do love that... I mean, honestly especially in society that is like a thing that happens is like women are held more to this high standard. So in a way, like the fact that she claps back at them. I do like that the writers do have her stand up for herself, but it is the fact that it's a recurring thing constantly is like, all right. All right. And don't even get me started on Daphne's weight gain when she, the actress in real life was pregnant at that time. Yeah. Like, how they handled her weight gain issue. I'm like, oh, yeah. oh, I'm sorry. You guys aren't a bunch of stallions walking around with six packs. Like, oh, yeah. They they definitely still have those double standards for women. Yeah. I think television writing has gotten so much better and creating mm-hmm. such like more round characters, real characters, where like that wouldn't even be a topic, I don't think, as a joke anymore. Mm-hmm. But, you know, for the time, that was a joke. That was the butt of a joke is, yeah. you know, making fun of women's bodies and making fun of their sex life. So that's just what it was. Yeah. So for the two women characters, they had to pick one. Yep. <laughs> exactly. Um, I love that Frasier and her kind of hate each other in the beginning. Yes. Um, we already kind of talked about that when you we were talking about the over overview of the show. Um, but obviously over time they become very close. They essentially become best friends. They're often leaning on each other through difficult times, helping each other through, you know, different situations they find themselves in. He's very supportive when she gets pregnant and all that. Um, but yeah, so the other part of Roz that I love so much is her and Niles. Yes. Um, just swinging insults, just <laughs> back and forth, back and forth like a tennis match. Those are the best scenes because they respect each other so much for their like the wit, the wit and yeah. coming back with like a good comeback to them. You know what I mean? Yeah, like it's it's their game with each other. Like, I mean, yeah, she it's even not like a sexual with, flirt thing. It's just like, like know, you're like not my kind of person, but we bond over being sarcastic towards each other. Yeah, I'm like, oh, you're gonna judge me, I'll judge you, and I'm just as smart and funny as you about yes. it. And I didn't go to fucking Cambridge, so yeah, I think that's a pretty good relationship on the show for and, sure. And even then, they get close. They, they get do. Close, like they, know. they, they do. all essentially become like one family. 
Yeah, it's a hundred percent like a family vibe. Like they're not always getting along. They upset each other at times, but they're there for each other, especially in the big moments. You know, mm-hmm. Roz is at the hospital and Niles has a heart attack. Like that's true. It's like at the end of the day, they they do care about each other. It's just easy to pick on each other. Yeah, it's like siblings. Yes, there's love, mm-hmm. but it's fun to poke fun. Not at you though, because you get so sensitive. Oh, I'm the only sensitive one. <laughs> Sorry. I think that just proved your point. I don't know what you're talking about. <laughs> Let's not fight right now. Stop. Stop it. Um, so yeah, those are the big the big players in the show. That's a good cast. Do it's you a- have a favorite episode? You know what? It varies. Okay. Because I used to have like one favorite episode, but I actually like last week watched an episode <laughs> and I was I was laughing out loud to myself in my room and like Chris was at the studio working and I was just like losing it. It's the episode where, uh, Frazier, I think it's season one. I already know which one. Yeah. I think I talked to you about it already. Cause you, you pulled me into your room and you're like, <laughs> I need to show you this. I watched this again last night and just everything about it hits all the marks. It's so fucking funny like the right the writing and then the performance of the writing it was great okay so it's it's travels with martin episode 21 season one fraser is set to go on a spa trip but hears that roz is taking her mom on their vacation time from the station to on like a trip so he feels guilty so he's like i'm gonna take my dad on a vacation brings home all these pamphlets where do you want to go, Dad? We'll go here, here, all over the world, wherever. But no, Martin, like a true Marty, wants to see America. We're Americans. We should see America. <laughs> and he wants to do it uh, in a Winnebago. Oh, God, not the Winnebago. Oh, my God. But what I love so much is all that happens before they even go on the vacation of, like, Niles poking fun at Fraser that now he's stuck having to go on this vacation with his dad in a Winnebago and Frazier trying to get Niles to come with him because he's like, it's still season one. They're not super close. Now he's going to be stuck in a Winnebago with his dad driving across the country. Mm-hmm. Like they're going to f- kill each other. Yeah. Um. So he's trying to get Niles to go and Niles just can't stop laughing about it basically. <laughs> And there's some jokes in there. I I don't want to just say it because it's kind of corny to just like quote things, but like it's just so funny. And then of course everyone ends up going. Like Daphne decides to go because Martin's asking her to go because he doesn't want to fight with Fraser in a Winnebago. Mm-hmm. And then Daphne decides to come. So Niles is like, "Oh, I'm going too." <laughs> of course, yes. And then they're driving on the Winnebago. They drive into Canada because they decide to just, like, see the open road and have no plan. And then Daphne was napping, and she finds that she's in Canada. It's a whole scenario, of course. Everyone freaking out. Uh, They have to get back into America from Canada by, like, basically smuggling (laughs) Daphne in. Mm -hmm. That's when we get the best quote is like Daphne's only thing she can say in an an American accent is sure 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 can you speak in an American accent sure what can you say sure sure that's it <laughs> it's so good you just had it you just had it <laughs> I need a cup of tea <laughs> <It's> like, <laughs> what did Frazier say a cup of tea 
Uh, just so good. And like Martin roasting all of them, freaking out by smuggling them in. When like, you're like, you, we need to watch this right now. You were like, it's it's Martin yelling. Yes, Martin yelling episodes is a whole other theme we're going to tackle because when they're traveling on the road and like they're getting close, all right, the exit's four miles up. Never too early to get in the right lane. Get over. Get over. All we miss <laughs> Like Martin yelling about nonsensical things like the episode where they like can't find they don't have enough ice for the party. Oh, God. Just it's it's a very specific. This is a very specific podcast for a very specific group of people. <laughs> and this is a very specific niche love of mine is Martin yelling, yelling. is just so much joy so much joy what what's your favorite new like episode right now okay historically i would say my classic favorite is halloween where they have a uh, halloween party and oh niles has the nose yes okay yes but i'm gonna say my most recent favorite has been look before you leap it's season three episode 16 okay that's the leap year one it's leap year it's the leap day it's Mm -hmm. actually really timely um oh yeah it's coming tomorrow would have been a not tomorrow. Two days, it would have been a leap, a leap <laughs> Not day. Not a leap year. And in a different year, it would be a leap day in a couple days. Very good, sir. Close. Yes. But no cigar. No. Um. So basically, it's one of those rare February 29th. It's a leap day. Mm-hmm. And everyone's complaining and talking about all these things. That, like, you know, Martin's not sure if he should take a trip to his friend's birthday party. Um. Daphne really wants to change her hair. Roz met this man on the bus and felt like... You know, it was missed opportunity. They didn't get each other's phone information, contact information to like actually go on a date and yeah. follow up. And so they all try to go for it. Right? Frazier says it's it's leap day. Take a leap. <laughs> Take a leap. <laughs> so he encourages all of them to do these crazy things they wouldn't normally do. Um, it's a whole range of craziness. Obviously, some it's a haircut. For oh, my others, God. The like, haircut. It's a trip. And so funny. He decides that he's also going to sing a more challenging aria um, for the PBS. Like phone in. Pledge drive. Pledge, yeah. So normally every year he sings buttons and bows, but he's like, you know what? (laughs) Buttons and bows. (laughs) He was like, you know what? I'll do something too. So he says he's going to do this. It's an opera song, right? Yeah, an aria. Sorry. Uh, It's an opera song. Sorry, I don't know what an aria (laughs) You better be sorry. <laughs> um, but my favorite part is just as it goes on, everyone's leap days aren't going so great. And he starts losing his nerve. He's like, well, they took their leaps and that didn't go so well. So he tries to revert back and sing buttons and bows. But then he's so nervous and he hasn't been practicing that. <laughs> that is just nonsense that comes out of his mouth. And I just feel like. <laughs> He's like improving the lyrics. East is east and west is west. <laughs> Who watches PBS? Let's all go to a taco show. <laughs> that was going to be an, uh, the title of our podcast, actually. Was Let's all go to <laughs> a taco, taco show. show. <laughs> da, da, da's and bubba does. <laughs> Buttons and it, just, it feels like a nightmare, you know, like when you have a nightmare that you're like performing and you didn't prepare and maybe that's very specific to me. No, I, I totally agree. Okay, I've the had a the couple. fear thing. I mean, I don't have performance nightmares. I don't have performance issues. I'm on the ball. <laughs> but I definitely have, <laughs> I definitely have nightmares where like this is not 
going the way it should go. Like just the other night I had a, uh, I don't know if it was a nightmare. I call it a nightmare, but I was forced to play basketball <laughs> and forced. I, I was, I woke up like it was a nightmare because Sweating. first off I'm five one. <laughs> okay. And you don't even have a shot. <laughs> literally don't eat, maybe low to the ground. You know, I can sneak around some people. Yeah, you could dribble. I can angle ball. <laughs> but you can like take some people out. I cannot dribble, girl. Like oh. I I shove the ball down like no. Oh, I'm sorry. You just got into basketball cuz your boyfriend. So like you're all expert at it. But yeah, I was like forced to play basketball and I woke up like terrified. Like <laughs> I just love the And I remember like it was going to like lose friendships like if he, if I'm on this person's team, they're never going to talk to me again. I'm that bad at it. Like, don't put me out there, coach. Like, do not. <laughs> coach. <laughs> um, I get dreams like that all the time, especially in high school. But even still, I dream that I'm back in drama club in high school. And tonight is the show night. And I don't know the script. And all the, like, I didn't wasn't getting, like, these crazy roles in high school. Like, I was mostly just ensemble. Like, in the cast, like, just singing a song. But she was the standout of the ensemble, though. Thanks. Let's just say that. That's what my grandparents tell me, too. <laughs> <laughs> Grandma, grandpa. Um, I have dreams where all of a sudden I'm supposed to be a lead and I don't know shit about the script. And I'm so like, you've had a literally Bo's moment. Yes. And literally like they're out on stage singing. I think I even had one the other day and I was like, <laughs> I don't know the choreography. And then I had one the other day where it was your bachelorette party that night. Like, yes. And I was like, I'm the maid of honor. Who the fuck planned this? Because <laughs> it's happening. It's not me. <laughs> You're not even getting married for a year, a year, you guys. And I, What's funny is I had a dream last night. It was Chris. That I fucked up your bachelorette party. <laughs> no, that would be cool, though, if we had the same dreams. No, because that would have been a different dream where I was like mad at you, which I oh. can't even imagine. Well, I will definitely not have more stress dreams now. <laughs> Great. <laughs> Glad I solved that for Thanks. you. <laughs> no, where it was Chris and I's wedding, and he could not stop touching my boobs. <laughs> <laughs> at the altar. <laughs> I was laughing so hard. That's like, such a specific Fear. I was like, bro, like we're in front. You're like, just, like nervously looking, like the Muppet, yeah. <laughs> the shifty eye Muppet <laughs> meme. Like, bro, like, we're getting married right now, and he was just so like into it, and like, and he's not like this at all. Like, it's not in his character to ever even do something like this. Yeah. Like I told him, and he's like, "What is that? What you want?" And I was like, "What? No, it's a dream." Like I was like, "What is happening?" It's a dream. Like he's literally like full on. <laughs> Like, you know, foreplay to other things about to happen in, at the altar. Because <laughs> now you're going to be really getting married. I'm going to be standing next to you and be like, wouldn't it be horrible if that dream happened right now? You should lean over to Chris and be like, hands to yourself, mister. <laughs> Hand check. I'm going to put that in my speech. <laughs> so, Ashley, a year ago, had a dream. <laughs> <laughs> They're going to think it's so innocent. It's, anyway, <laughs> sorry, we really went off on a tangent. Um, but I can bows. really relate. And it just feels like that to me. But unfortunately for him, it was real. But like in the dream, I feel like I'm always like, dot, dot, dots and buttons and buttons. So when when you're uncomfortable in real life and you don't know what to do, do you, does your inner monologue go, bop, 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 and buttons and That's what I would say it's my favorite right now is because I feel like I just walk around and I hear, dot, dot, dots and buttons. 
it's like those memes where it's like, oh, I wonder what she's thinking about. Literally. Like, and he's like turning around while he's singing it, like trying to hide it. It's so bad. I love when he shouts like, who even watches PBS? I'll tell you who. People like you. <laughs> Uh, it's just trying to save it it's just so hilarious just that song alone and it's hard to pick there's so many good ones and we're gonna talk about all of them in this show and again we're doing themes so do you remember what next week's theme is or next episode's theme is episode two episode two is babe magnet babe magnet and where we look at Fraser's body count Oh, yes. We have some math to do this week as our homework. It's going to be a long week. I mean, I probably will get through this the show like four times in this next week, but, but I have we to, have like, to watch pay it attention. And count. Now I can look at Chris and be like, I'm watching it for research. No, I'm, I've been like taking notes now. No, same Z's. But we're going to try to narrow down how many women Fraser's gone on dates with and even how many he slept with because we were talking about the how hypocritical they are towards Roz. Yes. And obviously, hopefully down the line, we can kind of look at Roz's too, just to be fair. Yeah. But honestly, Frazier goes on so many dates with women that I don't even Where know. Where he's like, hoping what human... that night he's going to hook up. And sometimes he does. But, but mo- I really want to, I want to find out the batting average. Yes. Like the percentage. And we're going to do like the body count, whatever. But we're also going to talk about, you know, some of those, ep- the highlights of those episodes. Some of you our know, favorites. Like scenes or something that happens in those episodes. So we'll get comfortable with how we tackle these thematic, you know, mm-hmm. episodes of our show and how we discuss it. But I hope you guys like how we approach it. I'm excited to analyze it from that perspective and hopefully find even more ideas of. I do like approaching it with themes. Yes. Because. It helps us. It's not I as like. I jump around too much. I, yeah, I don't like. It almost feels like a homework assignment in a bad way to go episode by episode by episode. I just feel like, like not every episode will be inspired. Like I can't go like season one, episode one, done. Season one, episode two. Yeah, I would just be like, it'll be like not feeling it's it like a week. task, like filing or something. Mm-hmm. Like, no, I want to have like, here's a theme. Here's a goal. Let's, let's go get for into it. it. Yeah, let's get into it. So. Thank you so much if you are listening to this. We, I'm excited. To we're excited. Grow our little community. Our little fandom. We know you're out there. Um, and meet more fans of Frasier. Yes, please. Especially with the reboot coming up. We'll establish like an email, mm-hmm. an Instagram account at some point. You'll get all that information when we do it. This is mm-hmm. just day one, episode one. And um, we're really excited. I'm, ex- I'm super excited. Yeah. I mean, we'll see what happens. So, well, thanks for listening. Here's wishing you a good day. And good mental health. (laughs) We'll see you next time. Ciao. The Crane Reframe, a Frasier fan podcast, is brought to you by Another Mr. Productions and is hosted by Ash Baker and Sarah Hale. Executive producers, Ash Baker, Sarah Hale, and Chris Sakura. Produced and recorded by Chris Sakura at Voyager Studios. Edited by Ash Baker, Sarah Hale, and Chris Sakura. Intro theme is Midnight Walker by Wendy Marchoni. Outro theme is Hanzo by Martin Landstrom. Follow us on Instagram at 
the Crane Reframe. <laughs>